The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Animal Communication Podcast, where we talk to animals. We're your hosts, Karen Dundee-Smith, Meredith Tolleson, and Julie Heert. Every week, we'll share insights and stories from the animals. We'll also share how animal communication is a huge part of our lives, influencing our own growth, as well as deepening the relationship with our animal family. We'll be weaving in special guests and animal communication readings. So join us as we discuss all things animal communication. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Dundee-Smith. And say hey, Julie and Meredith. Hey, this is Julie. Hello, it's Meredith. And today we are talking in this episode about animal communication. What the heck is it actually? And what is the soul level animal communication level of what we do? So I'm going to start by just talking generally about this. And when we think about animal communication, one of the things that we have learned is that And you all have probably noticed this too, that animals will really kind of hone in, stare at you. They stare at each other. They become very present and focused in a moment. And then all of a sudden they'll go off and do something. And that's because they are actually connecting, communicating, and vibing in a way that we don't normally do as humans anymore. They have stayed in touch with their extra senses, where we have now become very reliant on just our 3D senses. And so when you think about it, that's what telepathy actually is. And that's how animals communicate with each other all the time and attempting to also communicate with us, they're human beings. They send images, they emit emotions, they pay attention to the frequencies that are floating all around them. They're very much more aware of the energetics of their own bodies, and they have this extrasensory thing going on that we have kind of numbed out over time because of having created actual language. So we've become very reliant on that, where their language is all of these other senses, seeing, feeling, hearing, knowing, smelling at a vibrational level, not just a 3D level. So it's really cool that when we get really calm and quiet and peaceful, sometimes we will all of a sudden have a sense of something being emitted toward us from our animals. And that is us opening up to and becoming more aware and calm around our own surroundings. They are able to, I guess, like with frequencies, infiltrate our calm and peaceful minds. And we start to have a sense before we've overthought it, that maybe my my little fluffy Samantha does have to go out right now. Or wow, why am I feeling so much love from my animal? It's because we have been more light and open in our own sensibility and they've been able to 
send those waves in and we've been able to receive them almost like radio stations coming into sync with each other. Meredith or Julie, anything else that you want to say about that? Well, I was just thinking as you were talking, um, even now, especially during COVID, when my husband was working at home, he would laugh because five, six minutes before I pulled into the driveway, my dogs would go and stand at the door and start looking out. He said, how do they even know you're coming? Minutes before you're coming, they couldn't hear my car. I was still too far away, but they would stand at the door and wag their tails until I got home. And I said, well, it's all energy. They could feel my energy coming home. I'm, I'm driving down the road. I'm thinking about, I'm about to get home and see my dogs. And there they were ready for that. They were receiving that energy in that way. So that's a little example of that kind of telepathic connection that you're speaking of, how, how we're all connected by our energetic signatures, really. That's a perfect example because we all have had that experience if we have an animal in our lives. So that's, that's really cool that um, when we do share those stories with each other, like, oh my God, they do that for me too. So there is a communication going on there, which is so cool to witness and to have that experience about. It's us that second guesses those really cool experiences, right? They, they just do them all the time. We're the ones who second guess. So also the other thing that happens is there's this soul level thing going on, right? The soul level communication. And this is where it gets a little bit, I don't know, broader, more out there maybe for some people, but it is something to think about. And that is that our animals and us are really energy. At, at, at its essence, we are souls. If if you got if you know world out there, people out there, if you believe that we have a soul, then every living being has a soul. Every living being has this separate intelligent spark that drives the bus that they are in in the three D at this moment. So if you think about it, our I, I like to call it like an outfit. You know, if I'm really stepping out there, you guys, like it's it's more of like I'm where my soul is wearing the Karen outfit in this light. And my princess Dia is wearing the cat Dia outfit in this life. But inside of that and outside of that is this energetic consciousness that we all have. And at that level, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. At that level, we're talking about infiniteness right our soul has this infinite energy that never never dies it never goes away it it exists always and so in that way our infiniteness as is having a finite experience in this 3d house and that turns into this extra connection of having like all these infinitenesses are floating around out there right and and connected and to these amazing networks of connected soul families. Julie, do you want to share a little bit from your perspective about what is a soul family? Yeah. So the it's my experience so far that, you know, when we choose to incarnate in this outfit, if you will, to use your words, Karen, uh, incarnate in this outfit, there, as I'm in the soul, if you will, before I actually incarnate, I actually have a soul family. They may or may not be the actual people in my family family here now, or we could have changed up roles, or my chosen family could actually continue to be in that soul family. And that soul family actually includes 
animals that I've come across. So like my dog, Lucas, and I have been together before. My dogs that are in spirit, we've been together before. I can even say it would include, it could potentially include, you know, trees, earth, crystals, all that other stuff. I mean, this can go as far, this web, if you will, can become as big as it needs to be. But the soul family that we've got is really, we all sign up for, I'm going to help you do this. If you help me do that in this particular incarnation, I had a boss that helped me do something. <laughs> she was, she, uh, she was really, uh, she really kind of irritated me. And that in that irritation was, was a ton of lessons, but I'm sure that we had a soul contract somehow. And that really helped open me up in completely different ways. Once I could get past my anger. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's my experience. Be curious to hear what Meredith has to say. I love that you mentioned that, Julie, that not all soul contracts are positive ones, if you will. Um, they're not all fun and happy. There are lots of ways that we, um, we we collaborate with other souls within our soul families. And some of those may be what we would call negative experiences, but taking the opportunity to to learn and to grow and develop from even what is a negative experience is a huge part of personal growth and development. And that extends to people, animals, any trees, as you said, anything within our realms that we have some sort of unconscious contract with. How we take that information in and what we do with it is how we continue to grow with it. And the animals are great indicators of this. And so with that, like when we think about it and you know how like we've all had those moments where we've met or found, we think we've found our next animal family member and we're like, oh my God, I just knew it was them. I saw their picture online or, you know, they showed up out of nowhere off the street and I had to keep them or, you know, there's so many stories of people saying, I just knew it was that particular animal. That's because they also know you're their particular human because of that soul contract. So your souls are speaking to each other going, oh my God, there you are. Hey, yay, you we found each other. So now we can begin this next period of our experience together, our work together. And that's, that's the soul level, right? When you're engaged at that level and you're thinking, oh my God, I just, I can't live without this animal. Or I don't know how to live with this animal, but I can't live without this animal. There's all kinds of ways that the soul work begins when we 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 find each other again in each life. What are some of those examples that you guys have had where an animal has helped you understand how they work are working with you in this life? So I'll jump in there. I want to add to that though. Um, yeah. don't you think we do that with people too? Like, totally. aren't there times that you've met a person and said, oh, my God, I feel like I've known you forever. Like we were supposed to meet. We were supposed to be friends. In my belief system, that's part of a good example of there being a part of this whole family. Like you guys are my soul family. Absolutely. Like you said, the animals come into. I don't believe that we as humans have pets or that our pets have humans. I believe that we are part of, I think it's deeper than that. I've had a lot of animals in and out of my life. And the funny thing is I didn't choose to have any of them. They all showed up. They all, um, it's interesting. They were all black cats or black dogs. 
over the last 25 years. Um, they all showed up and my, what I've learned from the animals and, and from working with clients and my own personal experience is I believe that they come into our lives at a particular time for a particular reason. Now, I'm not saying this is a conscious decision, but I'm saying there's something about uh, the greater and higher good and universal timing that makes this happen. They they can help us really see deeper into ourselves. A few examples of that would be, you know, if you're if you're a fixer, you have an animal who take who who becomes ill, and you feel like you want to do everything in your power to do the best you can to make that animal well or healthy. Now, this might be an example of not doing that for yourself. The animal is showing you how to take care of another creature. And in that, you learn how to take care of yourself. There are so many examples of how our animals do this for us. Um, I believe that they um, they help us see a lot of limiting and negative beliefs that are in our own lives. So I think that's great, Meredith. It makes real. It makes a lot of sense. And for me, in my experiences too, what I'm finding is the animals actually really help people understand their trauma if you will. So there's, and they've actually uh, even encouraged a little bit more study into trauma, big T trauma and little T trauma. We don't always understand what's happened to us as we were growing up. Those soul contracts that I talked about before can manifest in so many different ways from either, you know, your mother speaking poorly to you when you were a child and therefore creating, you know, a unlimiting belief uh, that you weren't good enough or whatnot, um, or whether you had what what some people call bigger T trauma, which is violence, um, abuse, and whatnot. The animals, there's so many different gateways that we can take a look at exploring this and understanding what that trauma was and how it really affected us deep down at an emotional soul level. And the animals are just one of those opportunities that the universe presents us with in an effort to open that up. And that to me is where what the animals have worked with me on to help me understand things that I just dismissed as, oh, well, you know, everybody has a childhood that can have challenges. Um, my childhood was actually, I thought, really good. And then when you actually look at some of the ways things were set up for me to believe poorly about myself uh, going forward, but the animals helped me open that up. And it's a completely different game now. So it's interesting to me how the animals just really just invite us to take a look at something another way. If you're really in tune to animals, that's a gateway into really some really awesome healing. It's funny because when I work with clients, a lot of times they're so worried that their animal, animal is gonna think poorly of them or they're trying to hide something from their animal. And this is where we always come back to calling a little bit, the animals call BS, right? You can talk your way around a game with your animal, say, I'm fine, everything's okay, but they energetically and telepathically see right into your soul. This is that soul to soul work that we're talking about, that, that soul contract, that soul level communication that's happening. And they are so present with each individual moment that they see when we are not being present within ourselves and they're 
agreement with us in the soul family contract way above our pay grade out there in the ether before we come in into our little outfits, our 3D outfits, they know that at a higher consciousness level, their role in our lives at a certain given point in our lives, when we're ready potentially to have a moment for ourselves, they're there to help foster those moments in a way to help us heal if we're willing to do it. And they will stay so honest and present with what is the dynamic of what's going on in us and how it's affecting them, because that's their job is to help us see and understand the beauty that's in us that we have negated or suppressed for so long. And they will up that ante as high as they have to to get us to do it. Even if it means peeing outside the litter box so we feel completely aware that we feel completely out of control and that we don't know what to do. And if we sit in those emotions for a moment, and this is the kind of work we do with our clients, if those moments are happening and there's really no health issue going on, the feeling of being out of control and not knowing what to do, the animal is exacerbating that on purpose, potentially, so that their sweet human has to go, all right, how else does this fit into my life? How else am I feeling so completely out of control? And when we work on those things together and the animal sees that the person's getting it, a lot of times their behavior will shift or change because they're so relieved that their human understands that energy of feeling out of control has been presented to them in a way so that they'll look at it, deal with it, trust in themselves again more. And then the animal gets to go, yeah, check. Okay, don't have to show her out of control so much anymore. Now we can move on to the next thing. Does that... Does that sound like stuff that's happened for you guys with, with people? Karen, I love that you use the, uh, the litter box example because there can be capital M moments and there can be lowercase M moments, big T, little T, right? Yeah. Um, and they don't have to be huge things. It can be as simple as, you know, my dog's pulling on the leash and I'm embarrassed to walk him down the street. Well, learning to work together um, through some training and some communication can make us both feel happier walking on a leash. That little bitty bit of behavior that my dog was was showing me can help me build my own confidence and build our relationship together. It can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as those moments of, hey, I wonder if the dog needs some water and go and look and the water bowl is empty. Don't you think he probably showed me that? It's making me be present in that moment and be aware in that moment. It can be these teeny tiny little things. But as you said, if we don't stop to pay attention to those things, those moments can get bigger and bigger and bigger until we have to stop and take um, take inventory of where we are, how we're feeling in this moment. And is there any connection to how we're feeling based on the behavior that my animal is showing me? So I love that example. And I just want to say too that it doesn't have to be a pet per se, like an animal that is in your, you know, I hate to say that you own, <laughs> I prefer that, you know, your guardian of different words, whatnot, but it doesn't have to be one of those. It doesn't have to be a dog or a cat or a horse or a lizard, whatever. It can actually be a wild animal too. You know, the, there, I had a friend tell me the other day that she was walking with her daughter and they stopped and realized that there were several deer just staring at them. And then they looked over further and there were there was like a backyard with several dogs and they were all staring at them. And so there was and so I talked with her about it and there was a whole message in there 
about granting each other grace and being gentle with one another, as well as being loyal because of how the deer represent grace and gentleness and the ant dogs can represent loyalty. So there's like, it depends on the situation when you're open to it, your pets, you know, for lack of a better word, and the, and the animals all around you, even wild animals, birds, insects, all of it, they can all give you messages about what's going on in your life and how you can move through it or expansion and growth. It's really cool, I think. <laughs> do you have a wild animal example? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> so I used to live in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska, and I realized pretty quickly that I am terrified of moose. And actually, what's so interesting, when we first moved there, I walked really, really close to a cow. Well, a female moose is a cow to a cow and a calf. And I had my friends yelling at me, you can't get that close. And then this fear, like as the longer we lived there, the more the fear grew in me. Moose actually represent self-esteem. And as I look back too, and that's where that boss was that I mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation. And that boss there was a whole lot that went on that to some degree even eroded my self-esteem even more than it wasn't really there. And I was just doubting everything about me. And the moose actually were stepping in to say, nope, here you are. Nope, here you are. Nope, who you are. You need to face this. You need to face this. Hence the reason why I was so afraid. And then at some point too, the dogs that I had passed away. And then I found Lucas. Well, he found me as we were talking earlier. And he would actually tangle with the moose. So he would run up to them and, you know, moose can kill. And he would run up to him, freak me out even more. But that was also his way to work with the moose and me to say, it's time to step towards this. You have to deal with this. And it just took a lot. It took a while. It took all, you know, you know, working with you guys as well as colleagues, as well as our teacher and all the different things that we've gone through to get to a completely different place. And I look back now and that was only you know, five, six years ago. And the changes that have occurred in my life are like, I would have never guessed in a million years. That's because of moose and dogs. <laughs> I mean, incredible. there's more, but yeah. Yeah. That's Thanks. so incredible. I love that. Thanks. Meredith, do you have a personal lesson experience you want to share? Yes. And I feel like we could probably talk an entire episode on experiences with wildlife, like my gnats in my office and things like that. But in my personal experience for just good examples of soul level lessons, um, I'm going to use the example of my dog Barnabas, who's almost 11. He's a, he's a lab something. I said, he's a Mississippi roadhound. We picked him up off the side of the road along with a litter of nine. So he's the last one standing. I had him and his brother, his litter mate, for nine years. When his brother passed about two years ago this week, completely relearned my relationship with Barnabas. The two of them together were a lot of challenges. I had developed a lot of anxiety issues around keeping them and safe. And it has been amazing to recreate my relationship with Barnabas, to, to learn to celebrate the small joys, the small victories, to see the beauty in everything. Walking around the neighborhood on a leash is something that we never could have all done together beforehand. Watching his joy when he realized that we go through the drive-through at the bank 
and they're going to send a treat out in the little roll canister. And he's got his favorite banks. This one bank doesn't give treats at all. This one bank gives teeny tiny little treats. And the other one gives like milk bones the size of my hand. He's like, let's go to that bank today. He has helped me regain my confidence and also reminds me on a daily basis to recognize how much joy there is in the little things, how much excitement there is in a teeny tiny adventure, like going through the bank drive through. Um, and I look forward to spending his his elder years together, continuing to have these celebratory experiences. What about you, Karen? Do you have a personal experience? Well, I do. I love yours, Meredith. I love how, because I love Mr. Barn Barn, as you know, and I love how much he's just showing you joy. It just, it makes my heart like swell with happiness too. It's interesting. My experience, the one, the one I'm going to share today is with my cat, Hockey Puck, who, as you know, you listen to us in these episodes, you'll learn a lot more about Hockey Puck. He's one of my soul babies. And we all know we've had, it's interesting, soul babies, but we, a lot of our animals are our soul babies. They just are in different ways. But he was one for me that really consumed my whole heart with unconditional love. He was so present for me. He would sit and stare at me all the time. This was before I knew animal communication. And I knew he was trying to get to me, get to me so that I would get to myself, get to know myself a little bit more. And one of the things that used to happen with him, and I had to call an animal communicator back then to help me understand this as well. And this is the really interesting thing. The things that really kind of arrest you with your animal, whether it, with happiness, wondering why they repeat or frustration, those things are your soul lessons. And for me, one of mine with him was initially I thought, why is he getting so upset sometimes? Starting to shake and then come up and bite me on the arm. And I used to think, what is he? Why? I don't know why he's doing this. But over time, as I worked with my first animal communicator back in the day, what she revealed to me and helped me understand was a soul lesson was if I paid attention to when he was doing this, then I would understand why he was doing this. And so I went back and I thought, oh my God, he's doing this every time I get really, really emotional or dramatically emotional. And I started to realize that each time I would get overly emotional about emotional about something and let my emotions consume me, he was showing me that it was so upsetting to him that it was starting to consume him too. And he would bite me to tell me to cut it out, stop and become more present with what was really going on inside of my heart, not the drama of the emotion that I was letting consume me. And so I was coached back then by the animal communicator to say, take a moment and, and try to dig a little deeper into what's consuming you. Not that the, emo the emotion is all around you. And take a few breaths and go into it for yourself and have a conversation a little bit more within myself around what was really upsetting me and why it was upsetting me so much. I still emoted. I would still cry. I would still have my moments about certain things. But he would start to give me those big saucer eyes and start to shake. And I'd realize, oh, there's my sign. I'm forgetting to pay attention to what's really going on in me. And I stop. All right, Huggy Puck please don't bite me. I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute and try to figure this out. And he would sit patiently and wait. And if I figured it out, even though I was still upset or crying, he would just sit there and wait. 
And then it was over. He'd come sit down next to me again. And I was like, oh my God, he was trying to make me pay attention as opposed to letting myself be consumed. So that's my example. That is such a great example of, um, I think something I said in the very beginning, how much more we, we are willing to do to take care of our animals than we are willing to do to take care of ourselves. And what a great example of hockey puck showing you, okay, mom, it's time for you to do a little self-care, but I know you're not going to do it for your own self. So I'm going to show you how. I will bite you. <laughs> he never broke the skin though. It's really interesting. He never made me bleed and he never broke the skin, but it was enough that it shocked me into presence. So I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So any, any other last thoughts around soul level animal communication that we feel we need to, we want to share today before we wrap up this episode? I think if there were any, any other things, we would go on forever. We can just talk about this all day. We've just had so many amazing experiences, Yeah, I think, helping ourselves with our animals through soul-level animal communication, but then also helping all these other people. It's just been an amazing, amazing experience. I cannot wait to see what happens next. <laughs> Me too. Um, and so with that, what... What we would suggest is if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, wow, I never really thought about that behavior in this way, this is a great um, thing to try for yourselves or just allow yourselves to stop and consider your own feelings when your animal is doing something that is sticking out to you in some way, whether it's positive, negative, uh, funny, whatever it is. If it's a repeatable thing and you're wondering, allow yourself to check in with your own selves see what you're feeling, and then talk to your animal about it because that's what they really want. They want to know that you got what they were trying to share with you. And then see what happens. See if anything changes. And then tell us because we would love to hear if something changes. So with that, that is uh, the end of this episode. We wish you all the best. Have a lovely day and lovely moments with your animals. Give them kisses, be present with them, thank them for being in your lives, and uh, we will see you again the next time. <laughs>